0: Welcome back to the Pilgrim's Podcast. My name's Archie and joining me today is Chris, Alex and Mark. Well, what a game, hey guys. 3-3 at home against Middlesbrough. So much to get our teeth into, but from an attacking point of view, it was a um, game to behold, wasn't it? Absolutely incredible spectacle. Mark, it was, um, it turned into a bit of a almost like a Bolton rematch from those years ago against uh, when you know that was pouring down with rain, and the last 10 minutes it was tricky. But what a game! What a match, huh? Yeah, great entertainment. I hope the people that were sat
1: in the Mayflower yesterday afternoon are finally dried out. Um, great entertainment, some great goals, in particular from Finn Azaz. What a quality game he had, man of the match for me. Um yeah, a good point in the end. Um, we're going to unwrap it over the next half hour.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Alex, something I picked up on is that we've now scored three or more goals at home five times this season, which is quite quite incredible, really. I, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> I didn't think we'd be scoring three goals as many times as we have, but um, yeah, we're an attacking threat to be scared of, aren't we?
2: oh yeah and and, uh, and as our season sort of unfolds you're thinking well these teams are all good but we're, we're conceding goals but we haven't quite figured out how to how to stop them going in at the other end so we might just have to revert to the kevin keegan we'll just try and score more than you approach which sort of is working you know it has worked on occasion we've got the players to score the goals and um i think we're in for quite a season um, in terms of more more and more games like that really where there's going to be goals at both ends so i think i said to um i think i said to you guys yesterday you know that's what we're here for anybody who is not happy with yesterday's game well they can go back and pick a team in league one and 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 watch them stroll past burton every week at, at mm. a canter but no. that is exactly the sort of game that we wanted to win promotion so we could be part of and take part in, and we certainly played our part. Great game.
0: Yeah, Chris, is incredible, isn't it? Only two teams in the Championship have scored more goals than Plymouth Argyle. That is a quite staggering statistic.
3: First of all, I'd like to apologise my, to my son, Sam, um, who was playing baseball during yesterday's game. <laughs> That's very, very little record. I normally film every at-bat and everything. Sorry, Sam. Um, but that... <laughs> To Alex's point, that sums it up. Like it's a, you want to be, I'm, I was like hooked on that game. I couldn't take my eyes away from it. It ebbed and flowed, and it was kind of, it was, it was a great championship game. You know, some really high quality moments, some like the worst goal kick ever taken. It was, it, it was just, it was brilliant. I think I said like it was a great game for the neutral that no neutral will ever watch, which seems a shame. Like it's, it's no. um, but yeah. And, and to get ahead of it, I think a couple of weeks ago, some is it Tom, who's not here to defend himself, was saying three points from the four games because they were looking tough. We're already at four. No. So I think you need to look at it in that light as well. There's we're, something to build on here.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Unfortunately, Tom's not here to... Um defend or attack rather the point gained and we'll possibly get into that later but look let's focus on that attacking display first because there's so much so much positivity there and Finn is as we gave him some love last week but boy what a performance and that was goal of the season wasn't it Mark yesterday it was the goal of the season well that's far for our goal was it it better than Whitaker's last week it felt like it I mean, I, for what it's worth, I didn't think it was going in until it kind of hit the back of the net. It was the the curve it had on it. I, it was incredible, incredible
3: effort. Well, the jump in was it better than the second one? That's the point. Like the second one was a work of art, like different type of goal, and there is a certain something about somebody scoring like he did. But the second one was the
0: first first one. You goal. mean
3: the Bar, the Bali the Barley Barley. One. Yes, one way around. Yeah, but...
0: No, yeah, but two. You know, you're right. Two great goals. He's. Getting
1: back to his best, if not at his best, it's it's clear that every with every assist and every goal like that, a few noughts are being put on his price tag. Hopefully we've already thrashed out a deal with Villa. Yeah, with a you know, the loan with a view to a permanent deal at the end of the season, because he he's he's a quality player and we will need him to establish ourselves in the championship.
0: Yeah, he's uh,
1: he's some player.
0: Yeah, I mean, we we spoke a lot didn't we about the striker crisis and how you know how we're going to fill that void left by Bundu and Hardy. But maybe what we didn't take into account enough was the fact we've got goals everywhere around the team, and yesterday Alex, that was really really on show, wasn't it? Those guys up front, Kendall, Az- Azaz, and Whitaker and Mumba, they were on they were on fire yesterday.
2: Yeah, they were. That, um, I, I think that goal was goal of the season, better than um, Whitaker's at Ipswich, for the reason that all all of those players, or most of those players, the ones that were on the pitch that you just named, um, nearly all touched the ball as part of it. It started off on the right-hand side, played a lovely sort of diagonal passing move across the, across the box, um, and it was finished off of a really nice finish. So it was more of a team goal, and it had the absolute worldly finish on it as well. And just watching it back this morning... One thing, you know, Morgan Whitaker at the moment he can sort of do no wrong. The space opens up for um, for Azaz to take that shot, just enough space to kind of get the shot away. Because Morgan Whitaker, a split second before, just runs diagonally across his path and just pulls a defender away who was stood right in that spot where he took the shot from. Mm. So on the ball, off the ball, passing, shooting, it was just oh, it was an absolute joy that goal. So that's why I thought, I think that was goal of the season. And you're right. Goals goals are coming from everywhere. Um, which is why, which is why I don't think that this Hardy Bundu injury is going to be quite the disaster that 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 people are making it out. I, I asked myself the question yesterday. Would you rather have and I'll put it back to you guys, would you rather have lose all of your players pretty much in one position? So you are really scraping the barrel for that one position, let's say, centre forward. I'd much rather do that than lose two players who played in different positions, if you see what I mean. You know, we've got a problem at centre-forward, but I'd rather have a problem at centre-forward than have to have our second choice playing either side of them. Because we've got the depth up front. We showed yesterday that even if we have Wayne, who we may or may not come on to later um, in that central position, even if he's not being that effective, if he's keeping a guy busy or, or mm. you know, someone's having to mark him, then the others, either side of him, fill your boots, boys. So, yeah, it's exciting. It's really exciting.
0: Well, uh, you mentioned him. Let's talk about him. Ben Wayne. We weren't sure who would come in um, to play as the central striker. We, we discussed it last week, Morgan or, or Ben Wayne, and it was Ben that got the nod. Look, he hasn't started a game in the league since, I believe, Hillsborough. That ill-fated game when Cooper did his ACL last season and he's had a few appearances since then obviously appearances in the cup um yeah look online he's taken a bit of a beating pre and post match hasn't he I personally thought he was he did okay he's going to take some time to get up to speed that's clear there's a lot been made of his touches <laughs> nine touches yesterday which is obviously not a lot however by way of comparison Ryan Hardy against West Brom only got 13. And Alex alluded to it there. Sometimes it's about occupying that space, isn't it? And there was a goal yesterday where Ben Wayne had two of the Middlesbrough centre-backs occupied. And then uh, Mumba, you know, had the freedom of home park, really, to score the first goal. Mark, what were your thoughts on Ben Wayne's um, start?
1: You just said it. He was okay, yeah? I think, you know, I think... We've made an investment in Ben Wayne, whether that's um, potentially £300,000, a third of a Morgan Whitaker, Um, I can understand that we want to protect our investment. You know, we don't have money to throw around. So it was felt that we had to play him. Um, I said last week that I'd prefer a different option. I think, you know, he was okay. He was okay. You know, I'm not going to... He was just okay. I'd like at Leeds to do something different. I don't think – he's maybe he's occupying a striker, but we can do better. We've got to play our best team. Um, I'd like to see either Whittaker in a more advanced role or the raw pace of Freddie Asaka because he has Mm. that pace. He has something different than Ben. What does Ben Wayne really have as an attribute? I'm not so sure. So I understand that we want to protect our investment, but we've always got to be looking. We have to do better than uh, Ben Wayne for me.
0: Well, luckily, I mean, <laughs> B- Bundu's back, isn't he? After the international break, it looks like it, unless you know, something goes horrendously wrong. Bundu's back. So we only got the Leeds game to navigate, and then we got the international break to um, regroup. And it was interesting what uh, Shui said. In his um, presser yesterday regarding Wayne, he did okay, especially first half, didn't have a lot of touches on the ball, but was occupying the centre-backs. I thought he did all right. He needs to earn having a run in the side. His training sessions week in, week out need to be top standard, and we have to see that all the time, and we have to see his performances improving all the time. That, to me, sounds slightly pointed. Slightly. Maybe saying, Ben, you know, we need to see more of you in training. You need to reach a higher standard in training. Alex, what are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, it's, it sounds to me like he's um, setting him up for a, for a spell on the bench, possibly, to try something else. Yeah. I, it, when we changed it, when he went off, it's it's difficult in the context of a game because the, the first 20 minutes and the last 20 minutes of a game are very different things. They're very different beasts, so it's hard to kind of compare the two, but we did look more dangerous again after that After that point, kind of after the, the third Middlesbrough goal, we kind of sort of got back into it again. And that was largely due to the changes, I think. Um, also, we were sort of going for it a bit more. We didn't have anything to lose. We were behind. But going back to what you said earlier, because we do have almost a sort of embarrassment of riches with those attacking midfield players that score us goals, I think we can afford to stick Morgan Whitaker in the middle as kind of people were calling for that before the game. Instead of Wayne, I, th- I think we can afford to do it. We've got the personnel to fill the spaces around him, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's something that we try it, against Leeds. I don't know if Shui will be thinking, well, Morgan Whitaker is a good ball carrier. He, you know, he's a good all-round player. I don't know if I want him isolated at the top of the field where he's not really going to be that involved in play. Maybe he'll want him a little bit deeper to try and get attacking moves started and drive forward. So we'll see what he does there. But I definitely think you hear, I've, I've heard Mark use it a bit. I've heard other people say some of these games are free hits. I don't know if any of them are free hits really, but away at Leeds, I think we do have the opportunity to try something different up front at least, and it's at the back where we'll have to really um, work hard on the training ground this week.
0: Yeah, well, let's talk about at the back. I think we'll move on to Leeds more in depth in part two, but let's be frank. Yesterday, we've waxed lyrical, attacking, fantastic. At the back, we've conceded six goals in two games. Dan Scar, again. I mean,
2: this was calamitous. Wasn't it? If we have been frank, I'll exit. You've, you've thrown that one to me, Archie. I, I, I feel like I've kind of gave Dan Scar a bit of a battering last week and uh, and then went and listed off all the times where I felt he was perhaps at fault. But, I mean, there's no looking past that. He's racked up three in one game there. He's almost got a hat-trick in the space of about 10 seconds of, of mistakes. Yeah. and it, it, I, f- I feel for him because... 95% of his game is really solid. He's good. He does a job at championship level, but he just doesn't seem to get these little mistakes out of his, out of his system. And they're, they're costing us really costing us points, costing us goals. Yeah, It's it's tough as a, as a manager because it, mistakes is one of those things. It's like, how do you,
3: how do you coach a player to stop making mistakes? But I, I'm, you know, as I, I still think he's, you know, over the last few years, probably the most dependable player we've had. What I find odd, even on that goal kick, is that we're asking him to play like Pleggy when Pleggy is not in the team. Like We've actually got a player that we bought who is a player out from the back, cultured centre-half, and we've got someone who is basically a very, very good League One kind of, what's the word? You know, he puts, he puts his heart and soul into everything. He puts his head in places where nobody else does. He's brave. And we're getting him to try and take little tippy-tappy goal kicks. Like, he didn't, sh- that's not him, right? He didn't say, give me the ball and I'll play it out from the back. He's being asked to do that. And that's what I don't get. Why have we not if that's our philosophy and that's our system, why is the player we bought who fits in it, not in the side? What's going on?
0: Yeah, Plaguey, looking at this set of games, sandwiched between the two international breaks, he's played 25 minutes yesterday and eight minutes against Sheffield Wednesday. Mark, uh, that's, it's it's interesting, isn't it? You're wondering what's happened there. There's apparently no injury. I mean, he forced his way into the into the team pre-last international break and did relatively well, albeit you know, against Swansea and Millwall, Possibly didn't look great. And against Preston from memory. So he had, I think he had a bit of a honeymoon period. But it was certainly a surprise to see him drop. Um, yesterday he came on for 25 minutes, though. And as Alex referred to, those subs did seem to change the game in our favour. Great to see that happening again. Really, really <laughs> reassuring. i had a kind a of sub point to see Shui being able to affect a game again. There have been a few games I felt like that hasn't happened. But taking it back to Pleggy, what are your thoughts on why he's not in the team?
1: Well, it goes back to that last international break where they did a lot of work on the training ground and Gibson was injured to to that prior and he wasn't in the team. And we came back after that international break and Cooper was in goal and we had Gibson and Scar as the partnership and we had a clean sheet at West Brom. So on the face of it, that's a good start, clean sheet. Um Followed it up with that victory, you know. Sheffield Wednesday, another clean sheet somehow. Um, yeah, and we we talked about Scar last week. You know, the, my views are pretty clear there. Um, I I think it's time to make a change. You know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, and expecting different results. I've seen enough from Scar. Let's let's get Pleggy in the team, we saw the difference in the last 25 minutes. Um, obviously, it's all to do with systems. You know, we're going to have to work on a system for Leeds. Um, if he's not playing against Leeds, there's something seriously wrong. Yeah. So, um, yeah, let's always look forward. Scar, he's been a great servant. He was a great... F- you know, he seems to be a great bloke. We saw the celebrations, you know, in the Barbican. You know, he's he. he has a real affinity with the fans. But you can't keep on making those sort of mistakes and expecting to play in the championship. Yeah, we've I got mean, this, sounds- I, we've got Plaguey, Um yeah. Let's try and try and use him. If you if he's not playing at Leeds, there's
0: definitely something up. It sounds like to me. Then trying to summarise what you guys have just said there that. You're questioning Shui's selection yesterday. Would that I, be fair?
3: I think so. I, I think it's more a philosophical point. I like the fact that we have a clear identity. Mark, you shared an excellent article in the week around QPR. But I really enjoyed because it, it was like they've lost their way, partly because they don't have an identity. We clearly have one. We are going to play out from the back. We are going to attack but the bit that I don't know, and I don't claim to know the answer, is why someone who doesn't fit that system is still in it. Mm. And the only thing I can think, if I'm being positive, is they had a very big six-foot-three, hard-to-get-you. You know, I can see a logic. Your job is to mark him. And actually, he probably didn't do too bad a job of that. But then I'm only going to repeat myself, saying, can you sort of – Knock yep. this out from the back, play a little triangle, and open up some space. Like you may as well ask me to do it. Yeah, I
0: mean that moment. That moment was so. There were three phases, and like Alex referred to, in that, those ten seconds weren't there. It was. Yeah, it's you. You wonder how he comes back from that. To be honest, it was that. That there was that. It was that bad.
3: I um, think the good thing. The good thing is again. I'm a big fan of his. I think he will, because I mm-hmm. think if nothing else, maybe we'll be like. Damn, that's not your job. Don't do that again. But he's been doing it for two years, hasn't he? Like,
0: this is not new to him. This Which team, job. The system. Yeah. Been, we haven't reinvented the you know the tactics over. over we have slightly new formation, admittedly, in a back four, and maybe that's a point to go down. But you know, he hasn't been playing toothball at home park for two years.
3: But the opposition's much better, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: And if you were, yeah. I would still. You know, there's a there's a job that he'd do against a strong Premier League team which is winning balls at corners being in you know blocking tackles like he did at West Brom like but he he's not pele
0: no he's certainly not pele there you go that, that I can pod title possibly um yeah you look let's touch on him you mentioned a um six foot three opposition striker who was nearly ours Josh Coban. he looked good didn't he he looked good uh, it would have been great to see him in green
3: can someone keep me straight on the stats i thought i heard this on the commentary yesterday he's only scored 3 and two of them were against us but we've got if you look at <laughs> it that we way, look we've that. got we've got far better strikers out injured than him
2: i saw it's um i saw some highlights of a middlesbrough game can't remember who they were playing against the other the other day um and he was on the ball. He, he was very unlucky not to score. And I, I imagined he was a kind of big, tall target man, lay the ball off, hold on to it, player. And he was abs- he was fitting these shots in from the edge of the box that were just flying just over the bar. And he, he looked great with his feet and um, part of some really intricate passing moves. And I thought, well, I would have been very surprised if we'd have got him. To be honest, uh, that would have been a real coup because he does seem he does seem like a quality player and. It's the cliche of always a, the big guy who's, who's good with his feet, but it would have been a tough one for Shuey going back to his selection there, Archie, because you've got a guy who is can play the game in a in a Michael Carrick team who are going to pass the ball and play through phases, but he's also big. So what do you do? You, you know, you put Pleggy in to deal with him in, in a more of a footballing sense, and then he goes and scores a header and everyone says, why Why isn't Dan Scar on the pitch? Because that six to three bloke has just nodded one in with nobody near him. So I th- he's he's a good, well-rounded forward who put Chewie between a rock and a hard place in terms of team selection, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. And, you, you, you know, we come back to that phrase resulting, maybe we're in danger of that ourselves. I think Dan Scar had a reasonably good game yesterday, um, but I, I find it hard to escape from the fact that it's two weeks in a row where he's made a mistake and, it's well, always debatable, yeah. but yesterday was
3: yeah, yeah. Yes, yesterday was yesterday was catastrophic. Yesterday is something, and you're under 11s. You're like, don't do that. Yeah. Like it was, yeah. It and it changed. Yeah. It, it what it also did, which we'll never know, is there's another world in which we almost were. I think saying, sit back, let them have a go, and we're going to score on the break, and it ruined that. I, mm. There was. There seemed to be a kind of. We're going to suck the pressure up. We're going to defend. We're going to defend. We're going to defend. Three one, and it, it sucked the life out of the game. It's no coincidence that they then went and scored another. Absolutely. So I would. You've uh, got to hold him accountable. It was an individual error, compounded three times in ten seconds. You don't. You don't recover from that.
0: No. No. It was. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't great. It wasn't great. Look, let's let's turn our attention to Mikael Miller, a man that seems to divide not only this panel, but the fan base. There's some opinions out there that he's had a really, really good uh, block of games following on from the last international break. And there's some other opinions that think he's a total liability. Michael Carrick was um, livid post-game that he wasn't sent off yesterday. And he... I mean that's undebatable. Every every game Miguel Miller has a moment where you're thinking, probably could have seen red there. It happens too too often. It happened last week at um Ipswich, can think of something at Preston, to lunging in tackles. Yesterday was almost a carbon copy of the Bundu incident at Portman Road, and he was very lucky not to be sent off. Um maybe that's a bit of luck we needed. Uh Mark, what are your thoughts and feelings on Mikhail Miller.
1: I said last week it was- it's imperative that he stays fit so that we can judge him. And he's now played two games in a row, which must be a world record for him at, at Plymouth Argyle. Um, he played okay, absolutely okay. I think, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, comments online about his performance, either he's a world beater or a complete dross. You know, he's somewhere in the middle. He's okay. You know, it's mm-hmm. important he stays fit and he can and l- lay down a place... A regular spot in the side, yeah? We're in danger of hyping him up or really going overboard. You know, always. That's the way (laughs) that he works. He needs to stay fit over a period of months, and then we can have the conversation. Two games, he stayed fit. He hasn't got injured. That's great. Let's do more, Mikel.
3: He's also a kind of perfect metaphor for the whole team, isn't he? Like, he looks great going forward. Has moments of brilliance also looks a bit ropey every now and then at the back like he he is Plymouth argyle at the moment and i think if you put that in the sense maybe biased by an early morning chat i've had elsewhere in in terms of our budget you've got to accept that you know we're not going to have 11 world beaters but he he definitely again i'm no tactician but he looks so much better when we've got five at the back
0: yeah, uh, a quote from Shuey, which fits into your point nicely, Chris. We want to concede less goals. That's the lever, level of player we've got. We're going to make mistakes. Um, and that was regarding the SCAR incident, I believe, but it goes into your point of, yeah, we, we've only got X amount of money here on the, what is it, the second smallest budget in the championship?
1: Yeah, well, firstly, who's got the lower... Lowest budget in the championship at Rotherham,
0: then I believe what? so. Yeah,
1: okay, I thought we had because that was that's you know normally our calling card when things are going pear shaped. Oh, we've got the mm-hmm. lowest budget, what do you expect? Sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's football, very few goals would be scored if there wasn't a mistakes or individual yeah. brilliance. You know, uh, Chris is making a valid point there. Um if we're going to talk about Miller, repeat, you know, keep on churning out the games, churning out the performance, and then we can have a conversation about being a world beater. He's had a chronic history of injuries at our club, and it's good to see him put in two, two shifts over
3: 90 minutes. Here's one, Archie, to throw things open. I won't name them, probably so I can't remember them, but there was a brilliant comment, on Twitter last night where someone said we're shipping too many goals we should get Cooper out. That made me laugh. Um, yeah, and the, re- the, reason, the reason I mention that is one, I think that's mental because I think he had a pretty, <laughs> pretty blameless game yesterday. You know, penalty could have bounced a different way but he probably without him I think we've lost. But also just this level of expectation that we sometimes have. I'm not saying we should be negative but we should also take the positives. Yeah, that we played that, really well in part same. yesterday with oh. a relatively low-budget team. What gave
0: me great hope after yesterday, and you teed me up perfectly there, Chris, because it was one point I haven't mentioned and I wanted to before we end part one, is that what's given me a lot of hope, cause, because you guys will know, in the last international break, I'd almost um, convinced myself that we're getting relegated. What's given me a lot of hope now is that we're seeing we've got about five to six... Game changers, I And mean, having Cooper back is huge. Yesterday, there was a save from a corner in the first half. Yep, first half. And it was world class. The speed of which he got down to save that header was incredible. Now, how the Middlesbrough block was completely unmarked, and that's yeah, a conversation for another day, perhaps. But this, the speed of his save was just remarkable. And there's a few other moments yesterday where you're thinking, you are different gravy. And we speak a lot about the Fab Four up front, but boy, 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 he's a difference maker. And that's what was so reassuring to me. So reassuring. And why I no longer think we're getting relegated because we've got players like that
2: and our team. He gets a lot of credit for his shot stopping. And for me, the thing that really gives me the kind of um, positive feelings that you were just talking about there, Archie, is how just assured he is when the ball is coming into the box. And for having heard from people who've kind of watched his development, it seems that that's something that he really has worked on. Um, but when the ball's up in the air and it's coming in and you're thinking, oh, here we go. And he just comes out and just with complete confidence and calmness catches it, plucks it out of the air and then does one of his trademark overarm bowls out to to, to a player to get the move started. So his distribution is... Noticeably better than than Hazard. You can talk about shop stopping and goalkeeping, but his distribution is is next level. But it really is just the the confidence he must give the players behind him, whether it's a cross or a shot, or a, he's got to come out and stop it with his feet. Really does as a defender make a difference. Um, so he has he has made a big difference. He is. I was going back through the games we played. I can't. The the Ipswich goalkeeper had a really good game, to be fair to him. I've not seen anybody this season in goal in this division who I'd take over Mike Cooper.
0: Mike Lovell, that penalty, we've um, given Mike Cooper a lot of praise. It's fairly clear that it was, you know, Dan Scar's the man to blame for conceding the penalty. However, Mike Mike, Mike Cooper makes a great save. Does he need to do better or did the Argyle defence need to do better in reclaiming that loose ball? Cause it felt like a cheap, cheap goal. Well, Alex or It was just, just wha- completely unfortunate that, the way the ball was found. Yeah, quickly?
1: well, it, uh, Alex is just waxed lyrical about Michael Cooper and uh, he is an absolutely amazing goalkeeper. That penalty was, I think, too easy for him. He was trying to, he was trying to tap it around the post. I can see what he's trying to do, and somehow the ball spurned out to the completely the opposite direction into the path of Coburn, and he tapped it in. It, you know, goalkeepers don't expect to save penalties, really. Not even Callum Burton. Um, so, yeah, I think Cooper. We'll be looking at that and saying, "Well, that that didn't work out because he got a really good hand to it, and he was trying to tip it around the post, and it spurned in a, in a really odd direction." Um, the players, you know, you you're taught in training you have to um, when there's a penalty, you need to watch for the for, watch for the rebound. We were slow to react. I don't think we would have made any difference, but you know, Coburn was unchallenged to tap that into the Into the box, um, which was disappointing, um, because Cooper got a really good hand onto it, but I don't think it would have made any ultimate difference, unfortunately. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, that was just a real crushing blow because at 2 1, we were, you know, we're quite comfortable, really. We were allowing them to have pressure, but I don't, I didn't feel like there was any impending doom. (laughs) But then, uh, Dan Scar, um, had his moment, so unfortunately. But overall, good point. Let's move on to Leeds.
2: While, while we're on goalkeepers, I loved the Middlesbrough goalkeeper jersey kit yesterday. It, nice. Every time I saw it at the corner of my eye, I thought it was David Seaman standing in mm. that nineties abomination for England, and it just yeah. brought back some memories. It uh, it was it was a real um, hark back to some of their god awful goalkeeper kits wonderful god-awful goalkeeper kits of the of that era
0: let's take a break and we'll uh, return to talk Leeds and an exciting five-year plan okay welcome back to part two before we get into next week's game against Leeds in the week um there was some really really exciting news coming out of home park the five-year plan updated plan if you like obviously the last one was to become a um Sustainable Championship Club, which I think the club admitted we're not quite there yet, as in we have to sustain ourselves in the championship for that goal to be achieved, but we're clearly ahead of schedule. And they've announced a new goal that in five years' time they want to be a playoff competing club with aspirations of the Premier League. Chris Allen, are you not excited?
3: I've stopped watching the Premier League. It upsets me. <laughs> it's not it really British. football. It's like it's turned into rugby. Like, who's, how was the referee this week? But, yeah. as a, firstly, the fact that we make those statements is not common. Right? But like having a plan, and updating it, puts us in a very rare category, outside the Premier League. So I think that was great. Um, I think, how it was structured and how it was written was brilliant. I think I just saw some people saying, oh, there's a lot of like words in here that don't mean a lot around brand and everything else. And I think Simon responded to someone with like, oh, this means they're changing the badge. Like, no, no, it doesn't. It was a very articulate, well-structured, timely sign of the club that we are. And I think most from my other non Argyle chat groups, like most people are jealous of us for that.
0: Mm, I would really recommend you go and check out some of Hallett's video, which I actually found a lot more engaging than the statement itself, but that's possibly down to me, how I like to uh, consume media. But he's, I mean, he's a great talker for one, but, you know, he spoke with honesty and um, humility.
3: You know, I think what
0: did Charlie Price ask him? Are you a bit nervous or something like that? And he admitted to being, you know, it was a risk admitting this, you know, that you want to be top six, you put your neck on the line a bit. Um, but yeah, it's it certainly is exciting isn't it alex
2: yeah uh, the the bit that really um stuck with me was not so much about the, the players on the pitch but our success in the last couple of years has really come from building the club up behind the scenes the people making the decisions we talk a lot about our data department and our recruitment team and what a great job they've done on the whole and everybody at the club pulling in the same direction. And last season's success, you know, we outperformed expectation or the expectations of other people because we had something special. And that comes down to the culture at the club. Um, all the staff and, and and everybody working towards the same goal and being on the same page. Now, if you want to continue to attract those people, you want to bring those people down to Plymouth to work for Plymouth Argyle, you have to sell them something and you have to sell them a, a place where they're going to move their career forward, where they're going to be challenged, uh, where they can show what they can do. And if you just go, right, we're back in the championship. We're, we're delighted to be here. We'll stick around here. And, you know, we get big teams like Middlesbrough and we'll sell out and, that that's going to stagnate eventually, and it's going to get boring, and people are going to move on. So, from that point of view, I think it, what it really does is acknowledge what has made us successful up to this point, and it's just trying to kind of th- throw a bit of fuel onto that fire, I think, um, and, and and make sure we maintain that approach.
1: Yeah, Simon's Simon said that his money can only take us so far. So this this is now in place. It's our vision our five-year vision to try and attract some added major investment to not only stabilise us in the Championship, but maybe have that aspiration to play one day in the in the Premier League, you know, which you have to have this in place to attract the type of people with the serious wedge that we need to do that. Yeah, so fair play to everyone involved here. But first things first, sorry to be that bloke, but we need to stay in the Championship. Yeah, but it's a great,
0: you have, it's a great vision and well done to everyone connected with Plymouth Argonne. Yeah. Absolutely. Chris, I'm glad you're not the only person, or that I wasn't the only person, rather, that was a bit cynical about the idea of the Premier League. But as I say that out loud, I sound very one pound fifty. but um, I think it's widely accepted or appreciated that Championship is one of the best leagues in the world, if not the best for that kind of pure, Football as a fan, maybe the Bundesliga shares that title as well. Maybe not looking at quality, but from a fan experience and that competitiveness across the board, it's hard to get. Um, it's hard to it's hard to beat that, and the prem the Premier League doesn't really offer that. But um, we, we, listen, we, we, if we get promoted, I'm not complaining.
3: Exactly, you'd love it if you get there. I just
0: yeah
3: hate the idea that, as I've seen this morning, there's people recreating with Subutio kits the ball and where it is and whether that means the edge of the ball actually could have been crossing the line. Mm. And that means it like, I don't, I never, that's the world that frustrates me. Yeah. Yesterday was yeah. a perfect example of when it's, when football's great Had everything, yeah. weather, great game, mistakes, great goals. That was next. Like that, that to me is what football should be about. Not debating who's got the most money to run a club and, was the referee at fault
0: and M- mark touched on it there and uh, you know of course we need to stay in the championship and i believe simon hallett referred to it in his um in the fans forum in august the aiming just to stay up is quite risky i'm paraphrasing this is what i took from this is what i understood and if i'm wrong apologies That no, just aiming for you know 19th spot is quite risky because you don't need a lot to go wrong to then go down and it plays into tom's uh, way of thinking, you know, go for all three points, not the one. So, this might be Argyle's way of thinking this is the best way of us staying up and becoming established, is kind of, you know, aim for the moon kind of thing. Um, and if we, you know, if, we, if we're consistent we, one year, we might just hit the jackpot and go up.
3: Um, but all, um, I mean, living near Miami, I haven't really got enough evidence for this, but. The other thing, the focus on, you know, the, like the Brickfields investment that comes in there, like, I think there's a... We're investing in the city as well. I mean, that if you want to say we're uncommon, not only are we uncommon, some of the investments we make are for the benefit of the town in which we exist. Like, it's good stuff, isn't it? Isn't that good? Rather than building a closeted training ground just for our first 11 we're investing in the city that, that bore us. I love that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's one of the five pillars, is it not? Regarding community and growing Argyle's place within that community.
2: I remember when we were in the championship last time, we were talking about improving facilities and there was talk about how do we maintain this? It, it, and the, but the conversation was in a very different, different tone. And there's all those conversations about how do we build a training ground in Bristol or near Exeter on the motorway? So, we can attract more players, and and there was debate about. Oh no, it should be. That would never even be a conversation now. It it, it would be an absolute non-starter because mm. this is about Plymouth Argyle, but it's about Plymouth as a city and uh, and as a kind of uh, a regional hub for, for the whole whole area, and one of them successful one it's becoming clear the way we're doing things leads to success for the other and they can pull each other along and Plymouth being vibrant and prosperous with a great sense of community and business links is good for Plymouth Argyle and Plymouth Argyle the way that they're being run and bringing people in uh, bringing local stakeholders in it is great for the city as well so I think it continues that and it's looking to develop that and it's you know you look at the sponsorships of the stands and the and the organizations and the companies that they've chosen to partner with are just without going into the kind of boring business side of stuff it it, they all point to this um kind of central core belief that Plymouth Argyle is um a leader in the city
0: Mm. yeah I mean hey look we've done up Bobby's Garden if that doesn't say we're going places I don't know what does good news all around huh um but like Mark said, first we need to make sure we stay up and our mission to stay up will continue next Saturday away at Ellen Road. One of the big, big highlights of the season, if you like, probably from a fan and imagine a player's perspective as well. When you're looking at that fixture list at the beginning of the season, Ellen Road would be right up there. Huge game, huge game. They're, they're flying. Beat Leicester on um, Friday night. I watched that game thinking, crikey, are we in the same league? This is like watching Premier League football again, with the you know the setting and the standard. It's going to be a tough old game up there, Chris, isn't it?
3: Yeah, but Leeds as a bit of a link there, Leeds very much remain at the heart of their community. I know a number of Leeds fans, and it's they are similar to the, to Argyle in the sense of that that club means a lot in that community, and vice versa. They will always get big crowds. They're passionate. They take a huge amount away. I think we'll score against them. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, what, there's nothing to say that we won't score because I think everything says that we've got the quality to carve teams open. It would just be interesting to see how many they score against us. That's the, <laughs> that's <right>. the problem. <laughs>
0: yeah. Do they yeah, underestimate
3: us and not turn up? Or do they show up? Because if they show up, I mean, they, they've, got, they've got players that individually match our wage budget. So, yeah, that comes back to that vision. You know, we're not Leeds yet, right? They're, they're, they're a huge entity with a huge stadium, with Premier League parachute money. It's one to enjoy. It's one that I'd love to be at. Oh,
0: absolutely, absolutely. And it's the first time he played one of those um, one of the relegated sides. Mark, what's what's your feelings towards this game? Well, we have played Southampton. Oh, apologies. So oh, I mean, I was going for away, but you're quite right. We played the Southampton at home.
1: Well, it's Leeds drew nil-nil with Sheffield Wednesday at home for a little bit of hope. So, you know, that said, Sheffield Wednesday have let in less goals than us, despite being in the book. but we have scored a shed full. Um Yeah. We can score at Ellen Road. i watched pretty much all of Leicester against Leeds, and Leeds were a pressure machine. They were really, you know, a really powerful side. They should be scoring more goals, Leeds, for sure, as a unit. They're creating the chances. It's just to hope that they don't fill their boots. Um, on Saturday at Ellen Road, it might be a bit of a thankless task if Pleggy's put back in the fray for that one. Um really you know I'm not, i might i normally tip a 3-1 win to argyle despite everything i'm not so confident this week no. um i have to be honest and uh, I really I, I can't i can't see us getting any, anything from it because i think leeds are going to be pushing for the top two you know i think they'll chase down ipswich um that said like i said it's um Leeds aren't scoring enough goals but if they convert a high percentage of their chances we we could really get turned over but we went to Ipswich and put in a great shift and only lost 3-2 so anything's possible um I've, i hope um i've rambled on enough without giving a score prediction <laughs> alex
0: are you holding out much hope
2: uh I think one thing we've shown in all the games we've played so far is that we have been able to compete with everybody we've played against. Southampton gave them a good game. There's been tricky away games that we've gone and played and we've come away with points, which I will always maintain. Um, And Again, I know Tom's not here to defend himself, so I can say this, but I'll always defend an away point in the Championship for us this season, given the context you have to treat it. I think a bit like a sort of a cup game. It's last year we even even with the incredible season we had, we had a tendency to just completely fall apart and ship goals in a, in a few of those absolute horror show games. We we need to be ready for one of them to happen this season. It, it will happen at some point where we concede a lot of goals because that's what we do. We're playing away against the better team, and our main centre forward is out we might just have one of those off days and this has potential to be one of the times where we just get absolutely rolled over. Um But who knows, you know who I, I didn't think yesterday was going to be three, three. So we can go there with nothing to lose. Um I think we can give them a game. I think Melia has got a, a Rick in him always. Um, They put four past Huddersfield, but Huddersfield were absolutely abysmal watching those goals. And they scored a goal from a mistake at the back. So they are, we keep calling them a Premier League team with a Premier League budget. They are, but they're not in the Premier League because they weren't good enough. So there's always a chance. I don't know what Shui will do. I'm fascinated to see what he'll do, but... Hey, we go. We go there with um, our heads held high from all the games we've played so far this season. We know we've got a performance in us. We've got danger all over the pitch in our attacking unit. I certainly think to flip it round the other way. I would finish by saying Leeds underestimate us at their peril.
0: That feels like a almost perfect place to leave part two, full of optimism and hope. Chris, you are nodding away.
3: Aren't we doing school exactly. predictions? Oh, yeah. What's yours? I think we'll lose 4-1. <laughs> I, thought,
0: I thought you could come out with something really positive. You're so keen to pipe up. All right, 4-1. Uh, yeah, but... That's all right. It's all good. I like the honesty. I'd um, rather not play my...
1: yeah, is it worse?
0: Is it worse? We play higher and lower? Higher or lower than uh, Chris? Higher. Christ.
2: Alex. <laughs> Well, I, I <laughs> mine was possibly higher. I like Chris's 4-1, and I, I am absolutely okay with that, provided we don't just kind of make the mistakes. i would happy to get beaten by a better team away. No problem with that at all. Um, if we can cut the mistakes out. There's also a great chance that we could uh, get a 1-1. One, one. I'll go with that, seeing as these two have, have gone for the, uh, the worst-case scenario. <laughs>
0: Chris, you yourself before we... oh me. Um, okay. What do I think? I think I'm feeling a lot more positive about our in this set of games. Like I said, I thought I thought we were more likely to go down than not after in the last international break. I'm now feeling a lot better.
3: He's going to say 8-0. 8-0 to what does, it, what, is it,
0: what does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> no, I genuinely do feel I so much more optimistic after the last four games. Um so I'm gonna go for a one-one. I'm gonna be optimistic. Um I, look we are we're gonna be people's bogey team, I'm I'm sure of it. We're the we're the division's third highest goal scorers. You know, Leeds imagine being a Leeds fan. They're gonna, you know, little old Plymouth will come up and you know, they look at our attacking threat, and then after 20 minutes there's no goals, it gets a bit nervy. Um, any more cliches I can throw
2: in there? Not we're currently winning we're currently winning the Twitter best team we've seen here all season trophy. yeah, We're top of the yeah, exactly. league for that one. It, it, that's what really counts.
0: Um, yeah, I'll, I'll side with Alex1-1. One, one. We're going to have an amazing moment soon. I mean, we've had loads, but we'll have, a you know, a, like a Derby 3-2 kind of moment. Um, we're bound to have it. You know, we've been playing so well. Uh, yeah, happy with that, Chris?
3: Yeah, and it's, I, I did say that I'd start doing some research on famous things about our up-and-coming opposition. We shouldn't do it with Leeds. Disproportionate amount of absolute <laughs> animals of all sorts have been born in Leeds. Um, uh, John Smeaton. John Smeaton, lighthouse inventor, was born in Leeds. So if we're 4-1 down, I'd like be away and to sing a chorus of thank you for our lighthouse. That would be, uh, <laughs> that would be fitting.
0: <laughs> um yeah um, you've, you've left me speechless there chris not for the first time john Smeaton. Who, who'd have thought you would get a shout out today on the pod um all right we'll return in a second to touch on the ball competition give you a Derek adams update and of course finish off with a quiz back in a bit
1: you can get on with your quiz
0: Okay, welcome back to part three, um, the Derek Adams special. Well, first of all, thank you for all the listens regarding part one. We got a lot of nice feedback, and um, yeah, it's greatly, greatly appreciated. Part two will be dropping Monday lunchtime, it's UK time, um, and yeah, it's it's a cracker. We're really proud of it, and we talk about the this first season back in a League One, and then you know where it all went wrong, and he's very honest about that, and yeah, great listen. Uh next bit of admin. The ball comp it's rolled over yet again. There was a few close misses yesterday but um it will roll over again for Leeds away. On to the quiz. Right, I'm back as quizmaster this week, gents. You'll be delighted to know. And um we're winding back the clocks 13 years. 13 years ago was the last time we played Middlesbrough at home in the championship. It was our well, we've played them since, but it's the last competitive match that we played against each other. In that ill fated season when there was talks of a World Cup bid, takeovers, two legends were in the dugout, and Adidas was supplying our kits. However, it really was the start of a miserable few years, wasn't it? And what I want you to do is name forty. What? From- have many? The 40 players from that season. Oh, I think we're... I think it's like 38. We're a few shy. Um, the 40-ish players from the 2009-10
3: season. Which team are playing then?
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Actually, I'm not sure. It is. Um,
0: new clues. You know, that Adidas kit. That might bring back new memories. Paul Mariner. Paul Sturrock in the in the dugouts takeover a lot going on that season off the pitch a lot but let's it's see what on. Tom here to help us so let's let's crack on okay um I'll start with Mark Alex and then Chris there's a few Scottish like so let me let me help you there's a lot of Scots a fair amount of Scots a fair amount of Paul Sturrock duds. There's a fair amount of Paul Staric gems. Um, There's an odd, odd squad. A lot of quality, actually. Surprising amount of quality, I'd say. One or two kind of left over. A one, actually, left over from that promotion campaign from Staric's first time round. And, yeah, let's see how you, how you get on. Uh, Mark, you can kick us off.
1: Right. Well, I happened to watch the highlights yesterday. Um, oh, so I can tell oh. you... Who was in goal the last time we played Borough? It was mm-hmm. David Stockdale.
0: Yep. David Stockdale. Who played twenty one league games that season. Alex. Um uh Bradley White Phillips. Yep. Bradley White Phillips. Only fourteen appearances. Oddly. Yeah, this sounds like
2: the FA Cup draw, Archie
0: i am just giving you a little I like I hopefully it. I, I'll, I, I I'll like hopefully, it. hopefully I'll do a better job. Was it Martin O'Neill who did it, put it the wrong way around? No, he's speaking into the balls, wasn't he?
3: Speaking I'll, into um... the balls.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll try <laughs> I'll try speaking to my mic. Um, Chris
3: <laughs> Timar.
0: You're right. You you are <laughs> that's your moment. Christian Timar, seven league appearances, one goal. Mark. My go, Yannick Bellassi. Yannick Bellassi, one of the wee gems I was referring to. 16 appearances that season. Um, Carl Fletcher. Yep, Carl Fletcher. 41 appearances. A lot of game time for Carl, that year. 41 appearances.
3: Chris? I'm picturing Rory Fallon naked in a cornfield. <laughs>
0: As you do. Not again, not again, Chris. Eating ice cream. <laughs> um, Yeah, Roy Fallon, 33 appearances, five goals for number 14.
3: Roy Fallon. There was a calendar where he did that. That isn't just something that I think about. <laughs> sure, of course. Just FYI.
0: We'll take your word for it. Uh, Mark.
1: Yeah, Scottish. Uh, yeah, Jim Patterson.
0: Yeah, number three, Jim Patterson, only 12 appearances.
2: Alex. I'm going to predict a Mark level victory on this, uh, on this one today in the absence of Tom. Um, let's go Joe Mason.
0: Mm, Joe Mason, 19 appearances. Currently playing in your neck of the woods, roughly speaking. MLS, I believe, still. Canada. Homework for next week's pod. Chris.
3: I can picture the kit. Mm. that helps nice away
0: kit I like the away kit that yeah exact oh, sorry,
3: same oh. design just, to, just to I fight. had about 18 on the tip of my tongue then, but you've ruined it
0: okay um, um, strikers there's, there's there's honestly about seemingly about 15 strikers was McLean around then yes there you go only three appearances. That's what we paid three quarters really? of a million for. Three appearances that year. So he just got in there. Yeah, I think he I can picture him a lot in that Puma kit, that plain green Puma kit which was the year before. Uh, but yeah, just three appearances for the um I think it was a transfer record. He
2: just he, he just f- got fired as Jeff Cott's manager up at Rich St Johnston, right? Did he? Then Did Carey, yeah, I believe it was the same one.
0: Yeah. Wow, there you go. Mark. Jamie Mackey. Jamie Mackie 42 appearances 8 goals
2: Alex Right um, I was too busy being impressed with my St. Jonathan trivia to be thinking of uh,
0: a <laughs> gold trivia, trivia. Go trivia.
2: <laughs> landing myself in trouble if you don't know the answer to that just uh, tell them something else you know um, oh, I absolutely hated that kit it was awful not just because it was a bad season either the badge the badge. Um,
3: I think I'm thinking of a different kit. <laughs> Wasn't it the green one with like the white stripe and the ginsters? Yeah. Although yeah. that describes about 15 years of kit. Was um was Duguid gone by then?
2: Carl <laughs> Duguid?
0: No, nah, well didn't done. Number two. Did I just No, you said Fletcher, didn't you? I said Fletcher last time and Duguid this time. Didn't I say Duguid? Did you? Think, no, you said McLean.
3: Oh yeah. I think. <laughs> Carl Duguid. Forty two points is one goal. Chris is sensitive Chris. without Tom here, he might have a snip of something in the quiz and he's
2: uh Chris.
0: Right, there's a lot there's a lot of big names left, I would say. A lot of there's a um centre back who was there under Holloway. Um an assistant manager.
1: Only Archie, in my humble opinion. <laughs>
0: That's yeah. what you're getting then
3: we had Lario
0: yet nope Roman Lario 25 appearances Mark Um. <clears throat> Marcel Seip then yes only five appearances was that that was, that was the year before when we loaned him out and then he scored against us next game wasn't it Blackpool it was him
2: wasn't it Mm-hmm. it was him because his yeah. was in the stands cheering for him allegedly
0: <laughs> right um, Alex
2: anyway um, Lee Mackle
0: Lee Mackle no he you, you're mixing up your Scottish
2: duds he <laughs> was <laughs> I know can I have another go can I have another um... <laughs> Lee Mackle know. was
0: 2004-5 uh, yeah So first season in the championship under Chris
2: um, Chris what's his name Um, he he was a Scottish guy with I've completely forgotten his last name he had like curlyish blonde hair yep
0: double C Alex double C he was in your quiz the
2: other day wasn't he with Woody yep
0: double (laughs) C Chris famous shoe brand in England Chris Clark
3: oh dear what a clue Archie come on it's not Christmas yet (laughs) <laughs> oh, that brings um, <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: Chris? Um, He was later than that, wasn't he? Belgrave? It was or that was those. That one
1: knows. That
3: one knows. Later? Not <laughs> yeah, it was just not, not yeah, not Belgrave. What? Well, um, Bellassi. I've said it.
0: We'll move on, Mark. Uh,
1: Rader Johnson,
3: centre half.
0: Yeah, currently at Dover Athletic, I believe, as a player coach.
3: Oh, hang on. I hang believe. On I believe there's a window to the soul. The Crabble. The Crabble is Dover's home ground for anyone who's well. it.
0: Um. Yep, Rader Johnson. Sorry, founder, found him. Number 22, 25 appearances. Rader Johnson.
2: Alex. Craig Noon.
0: Yep, just retired. May not have a good career after leaving us, as most of these players did. To be honest with you, Chris. Uh
3: don't know anymore.
0: There's, there's two, there's one, two, three. You're definitely, definitely getting four, five. In,
3: what the, what I, in the okay. sense that I'll remember their names. I won't know when they played. Mackie. That was it. A-
0: no, I'm going to ignore that as an answer. Let, I'll give you some clues. An Icelandic bloke. Um, a guy that's currently a club ambassador. You'll see him in Club Argyle, I believe. Oh, Gary Sawyer. Uh,
3: yeah. Yes, this is easy. 20,
0: 29 appearances. Well. Internationals. We've got internationals. We've got... Uh... Yeah,
1: I'll just concentrate on your clues that you just gave then Archie... Arneson, Carey Arneson.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, we've got some a striker that was really—he was god awful—and um, he went to play for them up the road. Scottish. Um, not a lawyer, but something similar from Ireland. Um, an Austrian international. Um, yeah, the rest are the rest are hard after that oh one one that was player of the season and never returned the trophy apparently allegedly
2: there you go there's lots I've given you there um, Seamus O'Barrister
0: <laughs> no that's that's a yellow card that's a definite yellow for Alex uh, you, uh,
2: you said close to a
3: law- lawyer in Irish that's the best I could come up with <laughs> that'll, uh, that'll, get edit, that'll get edited out like Thingy with bagpipes. um <laughs> <laughs> oh, t- when's Tom back? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't Who, know any more players.
0: I, there was a, a famous assistant manager under Sturrock. His son
3: came through the youth academy. A famous assistant manager under Sturrock.
0: Oh, reddit, reddit, the the assistant under Sturrock. shall I jump in? Oh, yeah, Summerfield. Summerfield. Summerfield, yeah luke summerfield at Wrexham or somewhere like that at the moment In, uh, yeah, not I'm uh, Re- Wrexham. rexham is uh luke young no that's i'm Long getting
2: young. them i'm getting them mixed up what's it called anyway
0: but, uh, stick to, stick to our girl mark we've got we about halfway. Was, halfway through was zimbabwean uh, bazira bazira seven appearances he wasn't player of the year that year but two years later he was our first year back in league two I believe okay Alex you're on a yellow as is Chris so this is do or
2: die <laughs> I don't know I'm happy to let an American, I'm just read I'm an, an, at this point
0: an American an American striker made seven appearances
2: um,
0: another Irish striker Shares the same name as the peaky blinders bloke Oppenheimer. Go um, Murphy. Aust- Aust- First name. Austrian international striker.
2: Look, 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 don't expose my lack of popular culture knowledge as well as my lack of archive really knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Can we please?
0: Right. Okay. Oh, that's, I think I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'll now.
3: take a red here. Early brown for okay. me. Chris. Yeah I'm going Mikhail Miller another yellow
0: <laughs> Right Mark you, you're on your own see how many you can rattle off
1: Right well I said him the other day Bond's in gala was he in
0: defence at any stage? Yep fantastic nine appearances but it will count um, Did Impenza play that season? No Okay well that's a yellow Okay what did I say about the Irish yeah. not a lawyer not a lawyer but no,
1: I'm not in, the um. Oh, Simon Walton? Walton, sorry, Simon Walton. Was he? No. Okay, but and in gold. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Let's move on then. Let's sack it off.
3: Yeah, you had a great opportunity there, just to sit smug, smug. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, I'm gonna rattle I'm
0: uh, Number seven, Damian Johnson. Thirteen, 13 Darcy Blake. Fifteen, Chris been. Baker. 16, David McNamee. Oh, I
3: remember him. Uh,
0: 21, Killian Sheridan.
3: Oh, yeah.
0: 23, Richard Eckersley. He's, he's playing. You he played in the States.
3: Not a real person.
0: 24, Ashley Barnes. Your Austrian in touch. Uh, 25, you Irish. Not lawyer, but Alan Judge. Uh. 26, um, Alan Gow played up the road. 31, Johan Foley. 33, uh, Cooper. Not that Cooper, the American one. Kenny. Okay. Uh, Lowry, Chester, Gray, and Leonard.
2: Do you know what? Actually, I'm not that disappointed about not getting those. I, I was worried you were going to say some absolute legends, but no. No,
0: no. I reckon, I think Gow, Judge, and Barnes, they're fair. You know, yeah, fair of, right. yeah, Judge and but Barnes. The, the, the,
3: especially the rest, with- you're, not a barrister.
0: I thought that was we quite good.
3: Took a leaf. Out. Yeah, yeah. No, I I'm being leaf. sincere. I thought, that, yeah, that was we should have got.
0: that. I took a leaf out of the Chris poetry book there after last week's masterclass. I thought, how can I top that? Didn't quite top it, did I? But um, anyway, there we go. Thank God we're not in that um era anymore. That was truly uh, depressing. Good team, some good players. Just <laughs> couldn't do on the pitch. All right, guys, we'll leave it there. Thank you ever so much for listening. Chris, Alex, Mark, thank you for your time. And we'll be back with you next week to discuss hopefully, hopefully a positive result away at least.